0: Hello, and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss canon, legends, and beyond. Tonight we will be talking about Bloodline by Claudia Gray. My name is Beth Van Dusen, and with me as always are Ryan Schweck and Chad Schonk. Over to you first, Chad.
1: This is your reminder that this is a book club and not a review show. We are going to spoil this book. In addition, over the course of our conversation, we may spoil anything else Star Wars that comes to mind. So you have been warned. Ryan, what are they saying out there?
2: Not a whole lot of news in this cycle. <laughs> the biggest that I was the most excited. We got the full trailer for Andor. God. Yeah, we did. Bless yeah. I, I can't even explain how good it is. I mean, we got to see Saul. So we got confirmation. He's in it. There's not a single Jedi in view. We got some snazzy Imperials. get Mon Mothma just being a badass, Like,
1: it looks pretty great.
0: It looks so good.
2: And if you seen, seeing like people that have seen some of it are saying it's as good as everybody thinks it is. They yeah. Um, now one thing that is not in the trailer but is still Image got put out and this is a like I guess a a double spoiler. If you want to, if you want to turn it down for about two minutes, it's not going to blow any major plot or anything. It's just a character reveal. Okay, now you've been warned. Um, Bale is in it. They have released a still of Bale in the Senate. So yeah, I. Is it going to be as good as it looks? Do we think?
1: Nothing's ever as good as
0: it looks. No, but this could be close.
1: It's going to be good. It's going to be good.
2: It is. And yeah, they're going to re-release Rogue One into IMAX. And then it's going to have another, I think it's like Clips. Or it's like yeah. a sizzle reel or something. I wouldn't be
1: surprised if it was like the opening scenes or something like that.
2: Yeah, I've gone back and forth whether I want to see that or not. I don't think I do.
1: I don't think I have time Yeah, that's <laughs> to, true. Get, to go see Rogue One.
2: And I've gone back and forth, you know, they're gonna, it, it got delayed. It was originally supposed to come out, actually, as we were recording, it was supposed to come out tomorrow. Um, and so now it's September 22nd. So I'm kind of glad it's gonna come out after Dragon Con. It would have been fun to talk about it, but it'll give me more time to absorb it. In other Disney Plus news, they've done some more, I guess, press or releases about Obi Wan. Uh, came out that originally it was supposed to be obi-wan and luke that it wasn't going to be leia i'm really glad they didn't do that like Mm -hmm. i think that causes even more problems if you got him luke having some exciting adventure which we talked about in that episode but it's interesting that was that was even being considered makes sense and the other obi-wan ewan mcgregor he's he's come out and said it he wants to do a second season
0: I don't. I don't blame him, but I. I don't need it. I'll watch yeah. it, but I don't need it.
2: I don't, I don't want it. I don't either. Yeah, I don't either. And I, you know, I'd like to see more you and McGregor Obi Wan, just not that. Like, yeah, just film some weird adventure he was on when he was I don't know between during the Clone Wars, just something we didn't see before.
1: Or just flash back a little bit and just do like ten episodes of sad Ben.
0: <laughs>
1: before just, he meets before he meets little Leia, just sad. Him ben. and his
0: Jawa buddies.
1: Yeah, him and his Jawa. Him and Tika.
2: It's just, like, a good solid 20 minutes of him, like, staring out <laughs> across the dunes yeah. Yeah.
0: while sad music plays. Just, like, and, like b- bouncing
1: a tennis ball against the wall over and over again. Just kind of
0: Tika in kind of an odd couple situation. Come yeah. On. yeah.
2: Every once in a while, like, a rock falls in the cave and makes a noise, and you see him go, oh, Qui-Gon! Qui-Gon! Qui-Gon? Nope, <laughs> nope. No. Sorry, buddy. I mean, I imagine if they did a second season, that's what we might see is Qui-Gon... Training
1: him. Yeah, but know. they're not going to stand Tatooine though.
0: And training him for what?
1: Immortality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which yeah. some Jedi seem to just learn at the moment they die. And then others. I was going
0: to say, it seems really easy for some. So. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah it is
2: what it is. It's
1: force Ghost. They fucking suck. <laughs> I've, tr- I've been trying to tell you this.
2: I disagree. Um, other news, so Tales of the Jedi, you know, which is this cartoon that's coming out. Did you see that every episode and the plot of it leaked? No. All no. of them. And I luckily I avoided a little bit, but even in headlines I saw some stuff. And it cannot be in canon. If it is in canon, they're about to undo several of the books. Interesting with some like timeline stuff, Hmm. um, particularly around like Qui-Gon and Dooku. So that will be interesting to see on the fake hollow side of dizzy flies. It looks like it's almost been confirmed that Darth Plagueis is going to be an acolyte. Um, it lines up. And I feel like that's one of the ones, you know, they have been wanting to do. So, We'll see there. Uh, Last thing, on September 8th, they'll have Disney Plus Day. If you've ever seen that, they do like, you know, scissor reels and stuff. But supposedly that's where we're going to get the hard release dates for Bad Batch and Tales of the Jedi. And possibly we should get the trailers they showed at San Diego for Mandalorian and maybe Ahsoka and yeah that's pretty much it chad what's going on in the comics
1: speaking of obi-wan we got obi-wan number three by cantwell and Mir- miracolo um still waiting out the coming sandstorm old ben reflects back on his time in the clone wars specifically his early relationship with the clones themselves probably the most interesting issue of the series thus far but um you know it's fine Afra number 22 by Wong and Jung. Afra continues to be possessed by the Spark Eternal. And we learn a little bit more about the history of the Spark and the Ascendant people in general. It ends with evil Afra heading to Crimson Dawn with one simple request she wants to find her droids. Oh, good. Yeah.
2: It's, it's time.
1: It's, it's time for a reunion. Yeah. Halcyon Legacy number five of five. We are at the end. The final no, issue by Saxon Silney. Over. I know. The final issue by Saxon Silney. Uh, the wraparound story about Crimson Jack wraps up, while the flashback story features characters from Sax Bounty Hunters book, uh, Tonga, Bosk, Forlom, etc. Uh, at the end of the day, this book is a little disappointing, which is, I know, dumb, considering what this book is all about. But I was still hoping they'd find a story that could like compel me, and they really didn't. Um, but they can't be all home runs, even the shameless promotional tools.
2: Here's the only positive I can say about the Halcyon comic. It is exactly what I thought it was going to be when they announced a Halcyon comic. <laughs> she- yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Bounty Hunters number 26 by Saxon Villanelli. Uh, the raid on the Vermillion continues. Tonga works her way through the Crimson Dawn flagship in her attempt to rescue uh, uh, Cadelia. No trip into Crimson Dawn would be complete without a Kira appearance, which I think is the first time we've seen her outside of one of the event books. Uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca No. 5 by Guggenheim and Messina. Han and Chewie are rescued from Black Cranston by an unlikely ally. Well, not so unlikely, it's Greedo. Um, with a few other familiar faces and a much nicer looking uh, than the Falcon YT-1300. Um, we get a little more Maz and um, one day we'll get the real lowdown on Maz, right? One day, we'll really get something on Moscanada. No. Any day day now? And then one more I wanted to mention. Mandalorian number one of eight by Rodney Barnes and George Jonti. I wanted to try out the new Mando series, but it is exactly what it was advertised to be. It's an adaptation of the first season of The Mandalorian. I don't think I'm planning on following this book because it's such a straight up kind of one for one adaptation, but I really like uh jaunty <laughs> i really like his art and that may keep me reading i'm not sure yet friend of the show Stephen cummings also has an alternate cover coming out for one of these issues which is super cool and i'll pick that one up if i can find it but yeah if you watch the show probably no reason to read this i wonder why with the cancellation of the novel and everything they're so afraid to give us anything else with then like that takes place before the show but they seem to be they seem to be um before we get to the main show though beth you got a little news
0: Well, we have a little news Uh, coming up in just a very frighteningly few short weeks. We've got Dragon Con. And we will be appearing live at Dragon Con for the first time ever. Yay! Friday night, evening, 7 p.m. After dinner, before the party start, we will be... On the American Sci-Fi Classics track in the Marriott. Don't know what room number. Sorry, didn't memorize that. But we will be discussing the special editions and yay or nay on those changes. Also Friday night at the Dragon Con happenings. um, If if you're around for the Star Wars panel and and still want to hang out with us, we'll be doing other things. Well, at least I'll be doing other things. Um, We have the Big Damn Game Show at 10 p.m. on Friday. On Saturday, myself and several other people uh, from the Needless Things area will be doing a um, 1992 Geek Year panel, 1 p.m. 7 p.m., we'll also be doing a Choose Your Own Adventure book where we, and the audience, choose your own adventure from an old book. Sunday at 1 p.m., uh, I will be hosting the Video Game Hall of Fame, where we discuss the best boss battles of all time. And then Sunday night, I will be discussing, along with the cadavers, uh, The Thing. It is the 40th anniversary of really the best horror movie of all time. So come check us out at DragonCon if you are around.
1: It's important to point out that the cadavers are the name of two people.
2: Yes, sorry. That's what I was just thinking,
0: like, for somebody who doesn't listen. It's Beth yeah. and two cadavers. <laughs> It's me and two dead people. How is that not fun? I don't need to say anything else.
2: Yeah, so come see us talk. If you listen, say hello. Listen to me defend Greedo shooting first.
0: Listen to us. Tell him why he's wrong. I mean, Boba Fett looks at the camera. Come on, y'all. All All right.
2: We'll we'll get to it. (laughs) We will get to
0: (laughs) that. So tonight we are talking a whole lot about Leia. And for a very long time, Leia was like the only woman in the galaxy. But since then, we have had prequels, sequels, books, comics, cartoons, all kinds of other stuff, and a whole plethora of other women, some of whom we have already discussed at length, but some of whom we have not. So tonight we are going to talk about some of our other favorite women in Star Wars chad what you got
1: wow okay that was abrupt sorry <laughs> um Is ula? it's not <laughs> ula <laughs> poor 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 ula um I'll, I'll go ahead and start with um you know we know she's going to be we're going to be seeing her in live action soon and um she gets overshadowed a little bit sometimes but um I guess the first one I'd like to mention is Sabine Wren. Sabine started off on Rebels as their resident tagger, basically. And by the end of the show, she's wielding the Darksaber and leading Mandalore. And we find out she's a Visla. And um, Hera gets a lot more attention, I think, because the media has... they She's been in more media, partially because they've been waiting to pull the trigger on when we're going to see Sabine again. But um, Sabine was the first person that I wrote down as someone who is a woman who, um, uh, who's kind of in the new, um, the new mold for a Star Wars female character. If that makes sense.
2: Don't you think Sabine is ready to explode? Like, you know, the oh, general yeah. populace doesn't watch Rebels um, no. or Forces of Destiny. But I think she – I think out of all of them probably has the biggest potential to explode after Ahsoka.
1: I was out trick-or-treating with my daughters, and a girl was out. We were out on the main drag where we lived, and this girl went by dressed up as Sabine. And I said, oh, nice, really cool Sabine outfit. And she looked at her dad, and she said, he didn't say girl Boba Fett. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else called her Girl Boba Fett mm-hmm. And she was so happy that someone Recognized her as Sabine And I was like yeah of course Of course you're Sabine um, So I think just as Now we have other quote unquote Girl Boba Fets with Bo-Katan and stuff And everything but um, I think uh, I don't know I, I'm a big fan of Sabine she's like Kind of my favorite character on Rebels and I'm, I can't wait To see more of her
0: I think her character evolved a lot because at first I did not care about her or for her, but uh, yeah, she really grew on me.
1: I like her punk hairstyle. I like her later, her later era hairstyle.
2: So I will stay away from Padme since we have talked about her a lot recently. Yeah, we have but three Everyone, knows, like three everyone knows my feelings on Padme. So my second favorite woman in star wars is jen urso i am a huge fan of jen urso you know obviously i love Rogue one um i just really liked the character and what they did with her and kind of even her evolution just in that movie is amazing and then you know we got some stuff later with catalyst but i think she's one of the strongest ones that they have written um and I think they did a good job of staying away from any kind of like stereotypical roles that she could have fallen into really easily. So, yeah. or Jen
1: I definitely recommend reading Rebel Rising. Yeah. To get a little bit more perspective on her.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it took that book to make me like her. Because I think we talked at that time that uh, the movie didn't make me like her. The book made me like her. Yeah.
2: Well, one of the things I like about her in that movie is she's not super likable and doesn't need to be like they they didn't make her this like fan mold that they could have.
1: She's she's abrasive and she's Mm -hmm. tough. She's not. You're right. She's not likable and she's not kind of meant to be. Yeah. I'll scratch her off my list.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, who do I want to pick for my first one? Okay, so I will go first with Orla Jereni, someone who is new, but awesome. Well, new and old at the same time, because she is from the High Republic. And I want to know more about Wayseekers and what they are and what they do, because she is great. She is a smartass, but also helpful. She gets Elzar out of his funk um i just think that she is well was
1: i was about to say you're speaking of her in the present tense
0: yeah (laughs) i know still in denial about a whole lot of those deaths but wayseekers in general i i find the concept of very interesting and i just thought she was a great character and maybe we'll get some more of her in some other stuff Maybe some past stuff. I I don't know. I I would like more of her, even if it is past tense.
1: Kind of have to be. She's dust.
0: There's a lot of dead characters. We talk a lot about. Damn it. That's <laughs> <laughs> true.
1: <laughs> well, I'm gonna stay in the books then, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Admiral Aurilani.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um maybe the baddest ass of all the Chiss generals, admirals. I mean, um, and, uh, while she doesn't, doesn't quite match Thrawn in his deductive capabilities because no one does. And, and their breaks basically supernatural. Um, she's just as fierce of a military leader. Um, she also knows when to, she, understand, she understands Thrawn's capabilities and therefore trusts him, but then also is able to make decisions all on her own and take risks all on her own. And, you know, I know when Gary talked to, to Timothy Zahn about this man, man, I would read books just about her. I would just read all books about her and what she does after Thrawn leaves. So I thought I'd bring up Aralani.
2: Um, For my next one, this is probably also not a surprise my my lady nora wexley
0: nora, <laughs> she was on my list but i thought you'd have that covered
1: nora. i didn't even bother writing her down
0: nora
2: is wonderful um uh, I, I
0: like Laura because you know she's a true
2: rebel and she's a fighter and she's independent but she also the way that she's written is probably one of the best depictions of parenthood I think in Star Wars like even going back to like the extended universe there's some poor parenting decisions made (laughs) like
1: Star Wars is all about poor parenting
2: yeah and Nora is an excellent parent (laughs) she takes care of young untimed (laughs) and makes hard choices and then she gets shafted in (laughs) Rise of Skywalker
0: Um, I think I will go with Sabe next who used to be a nothing character, used to be, uh, what, Kira Knightley standing inside, and then she became a character full and real on her own, thanks to books and now, of course, thanks to comics. I just think her story of becoming a, a person outside of Padme is really good, and her taking up the mantle of... Let's go free these slaves that nobody bothered to free in the entire damn galaxy. Her and Tonra work really well together. I, I think she's great and I like getting to know more about her as a person.
2: I really enjoyed her arc on the current comics. It's interesting. Yeah, it it's, really is.
1: It's Surprising, actually.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In a lot of ways. It, it makes sense, but it's surprising. All right, so this may be a little bit sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep them in canon for now. I may mention a couple of expanded universe women after, later, but um, the Duchess Satine.
0: Damn it! <laughs> That's my last one.
1: The reason I like Satine is because well, then you can weigh in. The reason I like Satine is because my whole life ever since we first saw Boba Fett and we found out what a Mandalorian was. um, Mandalorians have always been about war and have always been warriors. And the fact that they, they, that during the clone wars, they came up with the idea for this character, trying to bring Mandalore into it as a, trying to create Mandalore as a peaceful state, a neutral state, a place that's not all about war, a place that's not all about breeding warriors. I think she was a fascinating character. And then of course her, her backstory with Obi-Wan makes her even more interesting. But I think just the whole, her, her entire mission to pacify Mandalore, when Mandalore is almost synonymous with war, synonymous, synonymous with combat and warriors. The fact that you have a pacifist come along and try to lead them, I thought she was a really...
0: And she's so committed to it that she breaks with her sister. And just like, mm, yeah, we don't talk anymore because y- you're you're a fighter. And she has a
2: baby with Obi Wan. And well, she's got
0: a Hyde Corky.
1: And she's got a baby with Obi Wan. Well, wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can't convince me otherwise. That is Obi
0: Wan's kid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. where is he? Where is he gone?
1: So we got a list. He's, he's Jason, a little
0: Sindula,
1: yeah. He's, he's a and Corky. Where are we're rebuilding our new Jedi Order right now?
2: Yeah, there was Cal Kestis
1: These are who Ray Ray is going to end up teaching at some point. They'll be too old by then.
2: Um, one that I thought of that I initially did not like, and I've grown to be more interested in is Holdo yeah. I did not like her in Last Jedi.
1: You like very few things in Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah,
2: because that movie sucks. Um, and, and she's one of the parts I kind of liked, but her appearances in the books, and then now she's showing up in the comics. Um, um, I like the character. She's different than represented a lot as a military leader and kind of how she carries herself and the decisions she makes. Um,
1: she's their Luna Lovegood
2: yeah, 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 and I like her loyalty with Leia, and kind of has a different relationship than Leia with Leia than you see with a lot of characters.
1: A lot more casual, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they've known each other as we know from the book. We, they've known each other since they were kids. Yeah, so there's that formality is kind of gone between them, which I, I do like. Yeah. Well, about about you, one more, you got one more, Beth, before we start rattling them off.
0: Well, I mean, I still have Brea on my list. I'm I'm enjoying that we're getting to know more about her through, obviously, the books, Obi-Wan show. I just think she's really interesting in the fact that she is raising a daughter to be a senator and a rebel. Her husband is gone all the time being a senator and a rebel, and... the strength of her having to, you know, climb a mountain and lose internal organs and and then still supporting all of this stuff is just it's a really interesting character to me.
1: Yeah, I was I was glad to see her on the show. Just get just even just getting a little bit out of her was was nice.
0: It was just a little taste, but it was good.
1: Let's see. I had um fernestra Rowe. But you already picked a higher public character.
0: Yeah, Vern was on my list, as was Avar Chris.
1: Uh, Omega. I'm a big fan of Omega. I do like <laughs> Omega a lot. I'm
0: curious, we're going to see grown
2: up Omega, mm-hmm. or yeah. I guess more grown
1: um, From the expanded universe, I think it would be remiss not to mention Jaina Solo, the Sword of the Jedi. Um, as good of a pilot as her father. And I mean, definitely a better Jedi than her brother since she's still alive. So she was still alive, at least when we left her. Um, And then Mara Jade, I know she's a divisive character, but she was such a big, important part of the, of the expanded, expanded universe and was in the expanded universe, the female lead. Like, and when you, when you look at the the scope of the entire EU, like Mara Jade is got as much screen time as Leia does, you know? She's beca- became a lead character. And I think we would be remiss. I can't believe no one said
0: Asajj. I I, I felt like we talked about her a lot though. So I didn't go there. Yeah. Um,
1: we can talk about how the movies ended up, but I will say this Ray in force awakens at the very least is a great character. We may not like how the necessarily how the saga went and, that might your mileage may vary on the second two movies, but force awakens. Ray was a really was, is really awesome. She's
0: she wasn't cool. on my list because I couldn't tell if she counted as a woman or not, but I, I went ahead and put L three on my list.
1: L <laughs> three's female coded.
0: She's, she's a female,
1: female coded.
0: Uh, I'm pretty
2: sure there was something up with her and Lando. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but with Lando, that doesn't matter.
2: Lando, don't discriminate.
1: (laughs) I think Barris Ophi ended up being a really interesting story with her, which a story that I don't think is over. I'm not sure Barris Ophi's story is over if we remember the flashback to Grogu's rescue. Barris Ophi might have been the one that saved Grogu. We may not be done with her story. In, in one way or another.
0: Or that was so. just a nerd tease.
1: Or it was just an easter egg, but we can't we everything we think is an easter egg ends up coming true.
0: Okay, so Quinlan Voss is coming then.
1: In some form or another. I think so. In some form or another, yes.
2: That would be a good way to go. Have Barris and Quinlan be the ones that do the path. Have Barris be like, "Okay, Like there's a line and killing children is where I'm going to draw it.
0: On Hosnian Prime, Senator slash Princess slash soon to be General Leia Organa Solo and other members of the New Republic Galactic Senate attend a ceremony to dedicate a statue of her late father and Rebel Alliance founder, Bail Organa. After her colleague, Senator Ty Lingar speaks about the fruits of the Civil War, Leia gives a brief speech about her father's legacy. Despite the show of unity among senators, tensions are growing between the populists, who favor greater autonomy, and the centrists, who favor a stronger central government and more powerful military. Leia is frustrated with the growing deadlock and bickering in the Senate and decides it's time to quit so she can bum around with the husband she never sees. The following day, Twi'lek emissary Yendor of Ryloth calls on the Galactic Senate to take action against a Nikto crime cartel led by Rinriven Dai, who is disrupting Ryloth's off-world trade. Leia agrees to undertake a fact-finding mission to the planet Bastatha, which serves as Rinriven's base. While the centrists are reluctant to aid a populist senator, the young and charismatic Ransom Kesterfo Ryosa volunteers to accompany Leia in a show of bipartisanship. Leia tries to give him a chance, but discovering he thinks the space Nazis had some good ideas, she's bugged for some reason. Leia Kasterfo, her aide Greer Sonnel, intern Corsella, and X-Wing pilot Joff Striker land on Gambling World Bastatha. Leia accepts an invitation to meet with a private business delegation, which turns out to be Rinriven's henchmen. They take her to meet Rinriven, who tells her about his people's desire to break, break free of Hut domination. Rinriven also attempts to lobby Leia to get the Republic to deregulate Spice. It all comes back to Spice. Before they can proceed, their meeting is disrupted by Ransom, who rescues Leia, having planted a tracker on her cloak. While Leia is annoyed with Ransom for interrupting her meeting, the two gain a sense of respect for each other. Returning to Hosnian Prime, Kesterfo and Leia speak in support of Yendor's petition and urge the New Republic to take action against the cartel. As the proceedings continue, Senator Carice Sindian of Arcanus takes the floor to call on the Senate to consider a motion to abolish the super-duper effective office of Chancellor and create a new office called the First Senator, which will wield considerable power over the military, which is also a good idea. While the Senate is not swayed by Sindian's arguments, most of the centrist and neutral Senators are swayed by Casterfo who points to the gridlock and inviting in the Senate. As a result, the Senate carries the motion much to the dismay of populace, including Leia. Later, Leia speaks with Lady Carice in her office to discuss the governor, governorship of Biren, which Leia has inherited but doesn't want. Sindian really does want it, so when Leia gives it to her, she promptly makes preparations to travel to Biren to claim her title. Joff C- C- striker learns that Leia was dispatching Greer on a mission to her home planet of Pamarth to investigate whether Rin Riven was hiring pilots from there. Under Leia's direction, Joff and Greer travel to Pamarth, where they learn a group known as the Amaxine Warriors operate on a base off a base on the planet Daxum IV. Upon returning to Hosnian Prime, Joff and Greer talk about Daxum IV and the Amaxine Warriors, a purported warrior people who had left the galaxy after refusing to make peace with the Old Republic. Leia and Ransom meet for dinner where Leia discusses her findings about the Amaxine warriors and their apparent connection to Ren Riven and the Centrists. In return, Ransom goes on to talk about his harsh childhood under imperial rule and the loss of his parents. Finding a kindred spirit, Leia in return tells Ransom about her torture at the hands of Darth Vader prior to the destruction of Alderaan. The uneasy allies become friends. The following day, Leia and the other populist senators meet at the Senate complex's banquet hall. On her plate, Leia discovers a note written with the message, RUN! Leia orders an evacuation, and a bomb destroys half the senatorial conference building. While no senators were killed during the so-called napkin bombing, many people were wounded and the media treated the incident as the most serious security incident since the end of the Galactic Civil War. The centrists and populace begin accusing each other of staging the bombing t- to gain political capital. Ransom and Leia suspect the bombing is linked to their investigation of the crime cartel and Ransom decides to take Greer with him to Daxum 4 to investigate the Amaxines while Leia visits Ryloth with Joff Seastriker. Ransom has arranged to meet a dealer in Old Imperial Artifacts, and he meets with Arliz Hadrasian, who was a former TIE fighter pilot during the Civil War. In her compound, he purchases the helmet of an Imperial Royal Guard and gains her trust. She takes him to meet the Maxine warriors at her nearby camp, and then he briefs Greer about the information he managed to obtain on them. Their main base is on the planet Sibensko, a watery planet known as a Crime Haven. Unable to contact Leia on Ryloth, Kesterfo contacts his sponsor, Lady Carice, and informs her about Bryn Riven's connection to the Amaxines. Carice, who is about to be coronated on Biren, downplays the threat oppo- posed by the Amaxines and tells her colleague to concentrate on more important things. Right after her coronation, Lady Carice discovers a music box labeled for Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan. Inside, she finds a recorded message from Bail Organa telling his adopted daughter of her true parentage. Lady learned. Lady Carice learns that Leia and her brother Luke are the offspring of Padme, Amidala, and Anakin Skywalker, who later, of course, became Darth Vader. Lady Carice toys between honoring her sacred vow... As a... Bleh, pff, sorry, lost my place. This really is too long. Okay. Lady Carice toys between honoring her sacred vow to Leia and using it as a weapon to damage her political rival's credibility. Before Senator Organa's scheduled nomination hearing for the post of first senator, Lady Carice visits Ransom and tells him Leia's secret. Later, when Leia is nominated on behalf of the populist senators, God damn it, I keep losing my place, Sorry. Later, when Leia is nominated on behalf of the populace as first senator, Ransom objects to her nomination on the grounds that she has concealed her true parentage. As proof, he presents Leia's music box, which contains Bale's recording. With the Senate in an uproar, Leia admits that her father was Darth Vader. While Ransom is praised by his centrist colleagues, he feels tormented for betraying Leia's trust and friendship. In the wake of these revelations, Leia loses the support of most of her colleagues except for Verish Vickley and Tylin Gar. Despite the fallout from Leia's scandals, Joff and Greer elect to remain loyal to Leia and confirm they are still keen on participating in the mission to Sibensko. Leia informs them that Ridden Riven is funneling large amounts of spice and money to centrist worlds, and that a paramilitary organization called the Amaxines are massing for war. She also suspects that the Amaxines are behind the napkin bombing. Prior to leaving with Greer and Joff, Leia contacts her husband and tells him about her secret mission, which isn't so secret if you tell everyone about it. After accessing a computer terminal on Sybensko, Leia and C-3PO discovered that the Maxines are funneling billions of credits into Riven's cartel. They also discover that he is funneling money into an armed buildup. Uh, they also discover that Riven is funneling money into the centrist world for an armed buildup. After C-3PO downloads the banking records into his memory banks, Leia orders her companions to leave while she investigates the nearby base. However, they are cornered by Rin Riven and his henchmen. A gunfight breaks out and Leia fires at the bolt connecting a water tunnel, causing it to crush Rin Riven and his men to death. While her companions return to the freighter, Leia heads to the base where she discovers a large hangar and is pursued by several Amaxines but flees onto a landing platform where she is co- cornered by several ships. Luckily, she's saved by the arrival of Han Solo, who's using a modified racer to shoot down all of the Imaxine fighters. One of the stricken fighters crashes into the sea, triggering a massive explosion which destroys the entire spaceport, the base, and everybody who was there. Conveniently wiping out every bit of evidence they needed. Despite Lady Carice's confidence that Princess Leia would not gain the numbers to address the Senate again, a guilt-stricken Ransom Costerfo votes in favor of the Senate grantor, granting the disgraced politician a hearing. As a result, Leia brings the news to the Senate that the Amaxines were behind everything, and Rinriven Dai is dead, and we should probably look into some of this, but mm, nah, not important stuff. Days later, Tylin Gar is giving a speech in front of everyone after accepting the nomination to First Senate when Arlisa Drassian shows up and shoots him in the chest and kills him. Not important stuff Indeed. Lady Carice uses doctored footage of Ransom to make it look like he was behind the assassination and the napkin bombing. And he is being shipped back off to his home planet of, well, wherever it is, it's Space, Texas. In the wake of the assassination and Kesterfo's arrest, the Senate votes to postpone the vote for first senator. Lady Carice and her fellow centrists supported this notion because they had the—they had begun concocting a new strategy, seceding the centrist worlds from the New Republic and joining the emerging First Order. Realizing that Lady Carice was responsible for the scandal, Leia contacts the ruling members of the Elder Houses and convinces them to pass a resolution stripping Carice of her governorship and her royal titles. Ooh, burn! Prior to leaving the Senate, Leia informs Carissa of the news and tells her this is retribution for breaking her oath and framing Ransom. Later that evening, Leia meets with several New Republic officers, including the often-jilted-as-a-figure-nine-nub. With the Senate unwilling to take action against threats to the New Republic, Leia tells them that she is establishing a new organization called The Resistance. So first question, is there ever, ever going to be an effective government in Star Wars?
2: I mean, with this book, the answer is no. And we've talked about it. One of my biggest, I guess, criticisms of New Canon, or I guess one of the problems I have with it is it never goes right. Like, there's never, like, the victory sucks, right? You beat the Empire, and then things almost immediately go to hell.
0: This is, like, 25 years after the defeat of the Empire. So they had, what, two, three good years where they weren't cleaning up remnants to where it all starts to go to shit again? Yeah, and they kind of
2: hang it on like Mon Massima was kind of holding stuff together as this like hero character. And then when she leaves, it just falls to pieces. I mean, I don't know. I One thing I do like the way she writes this book is I, you know, it's not real clear who's right. Like if the centrists are right or the populists are right. Because while, you know, the, populists are clearly supposed to be the good guys i mean the centrist got a lot of good points <laughs> like and especially like when Taylor gar is talking about being this first senator and it's like i'm just gonna make it completely ineffective yeah like i'm just gonna go ahead how and helpful is that it's almost like government's deadlock when you only have two parties in control what
0: no.
1: I dare you to find real world allegories in this book.
0: <laughs> God. I dare you. <laughs>
1: they're all over the damn place.
0: Well, they, they make, the, like, the only way they can find to make the centrists really the bad guys is that they love the Empire. Like, Ransom isn't a bad guy, except that he collects, like, war horror trophies.
1: It's not that they are they're monarchists. Right, and in, in the in the way that the the um layist people, the populace, they're small. Are republicans, mm-hmm. and, and the centrist are monarchists. They want a they want a king. They want an emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the whole Star Wars is just Rome storyline. It's very similar to when. Uh, Augustus the first Roman Emperor came into power and He ruled for like forever like Mon Mothma does and he held the Whole damn empire together after Republic fell and then after Him became a series of people That shook things up a little Bit and you got you end up with A Nero and a Caligula leading Leading the whole place Mm -hmm. to me I Mean we say like 25 years or so This happened before we all grew up, we were all born in the shadow of Vietnam, right? Vietnam was very, very fresh when we were born. Does Vietnam feel real to you?
2: Yeah, no. I mean, it's something that's in movies. And
0: yeah.
1: Right. And, true, and Beth, yeah. you and I were born, like, as it was ending, basically, <laughs> right? And it still doesn't, you know, I mean, I know people, they have parents that are veterans and all that stuff, but, but that's how quickly something like that can vanish from the consciousness, you know, right. and in a galaxy where the war is probably fought on 1% of the planets in the entire galaxy at most, you know, where, where the war actually doesn't have an effect on most people out there. Um, it It is interesting to me that, um, uh, that, yeah, you could easily forget about that and, and you could forget about what got you there. I mean, it, it only takes a generation to forget, you know, Uh it only takes a generation to forget, you know,
2: and the centrists, they're what Anakin wanted. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Anakin really wanted.
1: It's what Dr. Afra wants. Yeah. She said in, in her from a certain point of view story, right? Remember Afra said, I'm okay with the empire. I just wish we had a better one.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I'm okay with having someone in charge. I just wish it was a good person in charge. You know, I, everyone loves the king when they're a good king because things get done, and and you have someone that you can look up to. But when you have a a, a bad king, things are really bad.
0: Well, no a bad King makes it really hard to get rid of him too.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: much like Sheeve.
1: but it, it was interesting to see him collecting this Imperial stuff. You know, I live in Pennsylvania now and this, the Republicans here are trying to pass a measure to protect, protect Confederate monuments in Pennsylvania who fought on the side of the union. They're trying to pass a measure to protect Confederate monuments. We're Gettysburg is here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we were on the other side.
2: I, do you think like in the star Wars galaxy, there's a couple of like Imperial statues that are still up. They didn't tear down. I know we added those scenes in the special editions where they yeah. tearing the emperor down.
1: Well, the thing is general veers really didn't want to fight for the empire, but he yeah. was loyal. <laughs> he was their Robert E. Lee.
2: There's like Tarkin statues here and there. (laughs) People are like, he was the good one.
0: There's good old boys with um, Imperial flags tied to the end of their spaceships. Now I
1: see it's like Grand Moff Tarkin and General Veers and like Admiral Piet on Stone Mountain.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The Star Wars laser show.
1: (laughs) But yeah, it did remind me of that when 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 she goes into his office and it's all... You know, because we all knew that kid too in high school that had uh-huh. his Nazi, had his Nazi memorabilia. You mm-hmm.
2: know, I had a kid in my neighborhood that had it.
1: I, but but to be fair, like early punk rock used swastikas. Mm-hmm. Like punk rock's music that we love, a lot of those guys they they used it for shock value. But you know that that's what it was to a lot of those kids too. It was just it was so it was the most anti you could be was Nazi.
2: So you're saying like rec punk bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: the Punk bands probably do, you know. At least modern ones probably do have, you know, Empire cogs on tattooed on them and stuff. You know, it, it's weird to think about bands like that from the from the 70s and 80s that we like that use that kind of iconography. I mean, Slayer.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You know, I consider myself a Slayer fan over the years, but now I look back on their what they're singing about and what they're. What they're, the imagery they use, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> that's not. It, it's and they're doing it just to be as anti everything as possible, and to be as anti everything is to be Nazi, I guess. But yeah, I did like I did like that scene though because she really she really shut him down where he was trying to he was trying he was trying to mansplain to her why it was okay. Yeah. Did he have these relics, you know.
2: They look real cool. Look at
0: them.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> they're shiny.
1: And he points out that he was only like five when the Battle of Endor happened. Mm. You know? Like again, this they don't to him, they it's history. Uh-huh. It's not, you know, it's 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 like my kids in nine eleven. Like it's never gonna be a thing to them ever, you know. Might as well be Pearl Harbor Day. Can we talk about the fact that Joff Sea Striker is a badass Star Wars name?
0: I love him.
1: <laughs> it's such a good Star Wars name. Sea Striker. Good mm-hmm. job, Claudia.
0: <laughs> I like I like him. I like Greer. Uh Corsella's okay, but gee, I'm so glad nothing f- bad will ever happen to any of these awesome new characters. Oh, wait.
1: Well, core we know.
0: Yeah, on-screen death. Core dies on screen. Well, Greer has a untreatable disease and she's going to die.
1: That's true. Gre- Greer's Maybe. already on a ticking clock.
0: I mean, Joff is the only one we know for sure doesn't die immediately after this book as of right now.
1: Yes. We don't know if he's on, who's on Hosnian prime and who isn't. Um, But uh, yeah, it is worth pointing out that Leia's one of Leia's assistants, Corey, like basically her intern, right? She's like 16. This was originally featured in a deleted scene in a force in force awakens.
2: Yeah. She is the scene on the balcony. When they show the people looking up at Hosnian Prime and seeing right. the laser coming,
1: That's but she was originally it. in an earlier scene in the movie uh-huh. with Leia sending her on a mission to Hosnian Prime to petition to the Senate one last time, help. And um and so that that moment where you because because people were always confused where you get this close up of this one woman right as the world blows up, and why did you get this close up? And it's because they had cut. The earlier scene out of the movie, um, she's
2: the bigs of the sequel trilogy. Yeah, she's the bigs, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: she's the bigs. exactly. But they had decided they thought it would be better to hold off Leia's entrance until later, mm-hmm. so they decided to cut it. But I thought it was neat including her. But yeah, none of these characters meet a meet a good end. I don't think. No.
0: Well, and I found Greer really likable too. Her connection with Han Solo and and her um, coming from space Scotland. If you have the audiobook Everybody on Pomar speaks in really heavy Scottish brogues. Nice. Wow.
2: The Scottish are known for racing, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I don't know.
1: What do we think about Han Solo galactic racer?
2: I don't know if I like the racer part of it. Um, But this book did make me want to know, I want to see their relationship, like what that piece is between here and Force Awakens. I mean, we know it has to do with Ben.
1: A lot of it. Yeah.
2: But I want to see it. Like, what does that look? Because even here, you know, Han's already pulled away. And we saw that in the last shot um, where he doesn't like to be there. Yeah, I don't know. I want to see more. I don't
1: think there is much between them between that. What year is this? Do we know how many years before Ben falls?
0: This is six years before the force awakens.
1: So like four years before Ben falls.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's the question too of like, there's some
2: weird timeline stuff between this and shadow of the Sith.
1: Shadow takes place before this though.
2: Yeah, it does but just some of the bin kind of stuff. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it lines up as well, especially like shadow of the Sith. the opening thing talks about how great the Republic's doing. And like, this is only a few years after.
1: So I get the feeling that there is no Han and Leia over the next six years. Like this is their relationship. Mm -hmm. They're always, so when, so when at the end, when they're like not together anymore, they haven't been together the whole time. Like yeah. They have been, but they haven't been, you know? And eventually the calls just got further and further between. Mm-hmm. And then when they lost Ben, he kind of buried himself in his work or whatever. But I, I don't I don't think they ever recover from this era. I think they, you know, I don't think they'll ever have the Halcyon ever again.
2: No. And there's just- delicious room service and...
1: I hope that I hope I hope that book gives us I hope that book gives us like George Martin pornographic detail about the food. <laughs> of uh, and they're fi- just go for it, man! Make it a travel log, a roman- like a romance novel travel log. Just do it.
2: They're five thousand credit drink that you can get.
1: <laughs> I want no blasters to go off. I want nothing. I just want bodices ripped, and I want. <laughs> sumptuous food and drink like just just screw <laughs> it you're gonna do it just do it man
0: uh, I'm. i i understood their relationship growing strained but i just don't know about this whole i run a race circuit thing i know they had to find a reason but i feel like they just found like okay here's an easy one
1: i think it's he has to find a reason it's not yeah. it's not it's not you know, I mean, I know it's it's the writers finding a reason, but it's also Han finding a reason and it's a way. Now that comes from the comics. Mm-hmm. There was a, a comic miniseries right in that first year of Marvel books. There was a Han Solo miniseries. I remember Mark Brooks did the art. That's all I remember about it. I think it was Mark Brooks did the art. Um, Atlanta native, I do believe.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Um. And, uh, and it was, it was Han and Chewie involved one of these kind of like space races Yeah. uh, in the Falcon. And so they kind of took the cue from that or or vice versa. I don't remember the order in which they came out, but, um, so, so this idea has been in other things, this idea of him out there doing racing. I mean, I don't know. You gotta, he likes going fast and if he's Mm -hmm. not going to smuggle,
2: Right. He still can't smuggle at this point. He still has to be somewhat legitimate. Yeah. And then after Ben, and they really call it a day, he's like, well, we'll just go ahead and go back to... Go back to smuggling. Sneaking some rat around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: He gets desperate. And he, he, you know, he, he... Instead of going to the bottom, bottom of, a, of a bottle, he goes back to smuggling.
2: So, this will point out, too. I'm still super unclear how the First Order... What is going on with the First Order?
0: I think what of agree is unclear.
2: Now this was an early book. And so, you know, Shadow of the Sith seems to set up a little more of the Emperor's plan and what was going on in Exegol. But this makes it seem like they're just like trying out local militia groups and being like, Well, you could be our people maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're looking to swell their ranks, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it, I, I thought it was interesting in this that certain systems started to go over to the First Order.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that, that made sense,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that that they're not because when you watch a force the Force Awakens, the First Order feels like it's just this one little paramilitary group. Right. That live on one base. They, they're like, it's like the space balls, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: And in and, and this idea in here where they mention the fact that, that they have other systems that are allegiant to them, at least that makes a little more sense as far as how much power they have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it it the, still doesn't make sense.
0: The AMAC scenes were, um, is this the first place we saw them? And then they turned up in the High Republic or at least their stuff turned up in the higher Republic.
1: I'm guessing this was first.
0: I think this was first. Um, well, it would have
1: had to have been. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, so this was first. And then we saw one of their bases in the higher Republic. So, I mean, they're obviously a thing, but these are just what more, what reenactors,
1: <laughs> which higher Republic book was it? Was it Claudia Gray's?
0: Uh yeah. yeah, it was the one on the space. St- it was the space station they're on with the gringier.
1: Oh okay, then yeah, yeah. Then that's just her using her own stuff again.
2: Yeah, it's an amazing station.
1: That's an old Star Wars. uh That's an old Star Wars author trick.
2: Yeah, I keep bringing them back till they stick.
1: <laughs> no, no matter how small, just mm-hmm. slip that slip that reference back in there. That's an expanded universe trick. Mm-hmm. They're doing that forever.
0: So Hutt Slayer,
1: to remind me again how they got the video of her strangling Jabba.
0: The Nikto's just have it.
1: So stupid.
2: <laughs> Apparently, there is also a world star in the Star Wars universe.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like the video aspect of it. I like. The, I like Hutt Slayer. I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, and that's that's a Disney thing. Yeah. yeah, that's one of those first things Disney did.
1: Um, Get like, rid of the moniker of Slave Leia. Yeah,
2: and got rid of all the merch with her in it and stuff.
0: Yeah. I'm actually all for the way they did that too, to replace the Slave Leia with Hut Slayers. Pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. I
1: think it's a word they want to avoid. I think um, they, they. It's un, It's unfortunate. It's in two. It's in two different. And you know, they've had to avoid it with Leia and with uh, Boba Fett's ship. So yeah. I think they've decided that's a word they don't want to, They don't want to play with anymore. I, I just objected to the concept of them having to have a recording of it.
2: And they hadn't put it out everywhere.
1: I didn't right? see anybody there with a cell phone. <laughs> I didn't see anybody who would have caught that entire thing on video.
2: Maybe security cameras? Did somebody find it in the wreckage of the Sail barge? Like
1: I don't know. But it just... Star Wars doesn't like... One of the problems in Star Wars outside of, and this is something we're gonna talk about soon outside of the the fandom parts of parts of the fandom. But one of the problems in Star Wars internally is like the technology is very vague, right? what what you know data is tr- it, it, you know in Rogue one, it takes this entire tower just to transmit this this data they can fit in a little tape, but they're still using tapes. They can't email it to anybody. They can't beam it to anybody. They still have to transport data on these cassette tapes. There's no internet, right? There's really no, but there's com links that can sometimes, you know, that seem like they're local, but sometimes you can just call people in other worlds. Like the technology is just absolutely all over the place. Yeah. You know? And, and these are things that, that, they 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 just massage them based on the story, you know.
0: I did like how descriptive they were about her her thoughts and feelings during the killing, though. I think that was a perspective that i I had not thought about before. And how badass yeah. that is that she really could strangle a hut.
1: I just thought it was weird that they had a recording. That's all.
0: Ransom turns up again in Resistance Reborn. He's saved, ish, because he's kind of a wreck. This is also, is this? No, this is not the first appearance of Yendor. Uh, he right. was in Lost Stars and then Aftermath and then Resistance Reborn. Yeah. Okay. Great. Pulling him out. Claudia Gray's reusing her characters and her stuff.
1: Now, a lot of this stuff was cut, cooked up for the movies. A lot of this stuff was cooked mm-hmm. up. So a lot of this stuff was from, I think, from Michael Arndt, who was the original. Remember, he was the original hired screenwriter for *Force Awakens* before they brought in Lawrence Kasdan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, some of this was his idea. I think his draft start, had something to do with Leia. Of um, his original draft, had the moment where the whole galaxy found out Vader was Leia's father. Like that, that had come from that stuff. There is some stuff that Ryan Johnson cooked up that ended up in this book. Uh, is what Wikipedia was saying uh, which I thought was interesting that, that Claudia Gray worked really closely with the, um, the people making the movies in this case and they had a whole bunch of ideas they just kind of shoved down the pipeline to her and said make this make sense you know put this together in a story.
2: I do like how they treat Luke <laughs> throughout this where like they're just like yeah he's just like doing jedi stuff we don't know like nobody really cares that he's vader's kid because he's doing jedi things
1: Well, it's important because leia also can't get a hold of ben because of that yeah because so imagine like not only does she end up losing ben to the dark side but all this time she's not in contact with him she basically hands him over when he's once the jedi temple done when he's five or six
2: but, I mean, we learned in Shadow of the Sith, all you got to do is show up and be like, uh, hey, Luke, you want to go, like, chill on this planet? And he'd be like, yep, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, you, kids, well, you kids teach themselves. <laughs> I'm gone. That was
1: after a little while. He's probably getting a little stir crazy. <laughs> but she doesn't get any, any time with Ben at all, really, which makes losing him even more heartbreaking, I guess.
0: Well, what's weird is that when she thinks about quitting the Senate, her first thought is, I'm going to go – be be a space bomb with my husband and we're going to get like a space caravan and go like camping, not Fuck, that, yeah. go like hang with my Jedi brother and my son. No, at I this think point, she's fully Jedi trained. She could quit and just go chill with the Jedi. And-
1: yeah, but that's not who she is. Plus it plus if she had this prophecy that they mentioned in Rise of Skywalker, which Claudia Gray did not know about. Neither did the filmmakers when this book was written. But when they, when she had, it, but but take it all together, she would have already decided not to go down that path anymore, right? By this point.
2: Do you think Leia could have done it? Like if she hadn't formed the resistance, then say it had worked out and she retires. Do you really think she would be content just traveling around with Han, and staying out of it?
1: No, because she could still do it. She could still do it at the end of this book, and she doesn't. Yeah. She, she, at the end of this book, she ends up leaving the Senate uh-huh. and she doesn't do it. She keeps fighting, you know, she, she, she can't lay it down. Um, you know, there's a, no, I don't yeah, think. It's that, like a
2: thing that she, she wants to convince herself of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it would be nice, you know, yeah. and it would be nice for six months. But when she's, you know, when you've been fighting since you were a child, for something and, and that thing is in jeopardy yet again
2: she's on the Spaceballs RV with Han and is like waiting for him to go to bed so she can like check the news on the hollow <laughs> without him knowing
0: well even even Han knows she's not going to do it when she calls him he's like no you're not
2: what did y'all think about a lady how do you say Carcile car- Carice, Carice yeah.
1: she sure got what was coming to her yeah her, she lost her titles I, I don't know I thought it helped to bridge the gap there and, and and show us someone who was inside the Republic who was actually there who was actually a First Order person you know I mean it, it made it, it, it made uh, just like with talking about the other s- systems joining the, the New Order the First Order um, uh, it'd be funnier if they joined New Order
2: <laughs> i like seeing the idea of the elder houses again we haven't you don't see that a lot anymore these the big families and stars Now, high republic seems to be bringing it back yeah with the santecas and all of them um but i like the idea of seeing another monarchy that's treated as a monarchy and believes in their titles unlike those heathens on the Holderon. <laughs>
0: Um, I just want to know who is she working with? She's got these these military groups like the Maxines and stuff, but where where she's not the head of anything? She's not in charge.
1: She's a spy for the First Order.
0: She she's trying to promote the First Order, but but who's yeah. she working for? I mean, I would imagine probably Hux.
1: Yeah. Elder Hux.
2: Yeah. This did make me curious, you know, when eventually we get books past Rise of Skywalker. I wonder how they're going to set the government up. Because we've seen what doesn't work. Yeah. And so I'm kind of curious how they'll address that. They'll have to somehow. I
1: don't think we're going to get those books.
2: They're going to have to one day. They're going to have to move forward. I don't know. Unless they just... Skip a hundred years and they're like, eh, it's
0: fine. <laughs> there's only so many gaps we can fill in, and we're getting pretty filled in. I know there's still other filling in we can do, but you gotta think long term here. We can't keep going backwards.
1: I think they're thinking of depth instead of length. Width instead of length when they're talking about their Star Wars universe. I think they're all this all this stuff is like they, st- you know, cause, cause everything else, you know, cause I'm, I'm just talking like shows and movies, right? Like, uh, on the shows they're right now they're in this area, this five years after area that I don't think we're going to be leaving anytime soon. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and or takes place. I mean, I'm just saying like they've, they've expressed no interest in going past Ray at least there's been little hints at it. The eulogy for, Snap Wexley comic book was technically after Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker. You know, the holiday special was after Rise of Skywalker. Yeah.
2: summer fun will be after Rise summer of fun will be after that.
1: But as far as what Ray's new Jedi Order looks like, or whether or not Ray creates a new Jedi Order or not, and what the what the government looks like. I don't know if they're interested in showing that to us. I agree someday they may have to just because they're going to run out of ideas. But um, I think they – I don't think they want to tell us that.
2: I I mean I do say overall this book, I think it did a good job of kind of explaining why things went bad.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, No, this is a great book.
2: Um, I think it's a good middle kind of piece for the politics of it.
1: I remember reading it when it came out and being very grateful for it mm-hmm. because I was so confused by the politics and the force awakens that this at least it helped yeah. a little bit,
2: especially like the difference between the resistance and the Republic. I remember that being real weird.
1: Yeah. The resistance to the Republic. Why is there, why is there a resistance in a Republic? Mm-hmm. Why, why aren't they working together? I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just very. I think the book's very good. Don't be wrong, but I'm also just grateful for his existence because at least it helped me understand a little bit more.
0: Yeah,
1: and it gave me a, a better timeline of things because the Force Awakens does nothing to help you.
0: I think we finished our Claudia Gray bingo card, right?
2: Until High Republic starts, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's ever. That's all the Claudia Gray. So, Chad, what are we talking about next time?
1: Well, next time we're going to read. Uh, another new book. Well, I guess not, this wasn't a new book. We're going to read a new book. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's called uh, Padawan by uh, Kirsten White. I don't think we've read anything by Kirsten White. It's a YA novel about Obi Wan um, and Qui Gon, about uh, what, like teenage Obi Wan? I would say, it right?
0: It and is. His, his time He's like 16.
1: Padawan, and his time as a Padawan under Qui Gon Jinn. I haven't started it yet, though, but Beth and Ryan have. So I'm going to get it started this weekend but uh padawan
2: much like i loved the padme books for their covers i'm sure beth is staring into obi-wan's dreamy
0: eyes on the cover
1: (laughs) on his anime in this anime cover
0: you don't need to know about what i do (laughs) well thank you guys and thank you everyone for joining us tonight we will talk to you all soon
2: Roger, roger.